friends, I'm Tabby. And I'm Caitlin. And today, our first book of 2024 is Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. We are so excited to be doing Fourth Wing. It has been an internet sensation since last year. It's taken Book Talk by Storm, the It Girl of 2024. We're It is that girl. So we're going to start by reading the description off of Goodreads. 20-year-old Violet Sorengale was supposed to enter the scribe quadrant, living a quiet life among books and history. Now, the commanding general, also known as her toughest talons mother, has ordered Violet to join the hundreds of candidates striving to become the elite of Navarre, dragon riders. But when you're smaller than everyone else and your body is brittle, death is only a heartbeat away. Because dragons don't bond to fragile humans, they incinerate them. With fewer dragons willing to bond than cadets, most would kill Violet to better their own chances of success. The rest would kill her just for being her mother's daughter, like Zayden Ryerson, the most powerful and ruthless wing leader in the writer's quadrant. She'll need every edge her wits can give her just to see the next sunrise. Yet with every day that passes, the war outside grows more deadly, the kingdom's protective wards are failing, and the death toll continues to rise. Even worse, Violet begins to suspect leadership is hiding a terrible secret. Friends, enemies, lovers, everyone at Basquiat War College has an agenda. Because once you enter, there are only two ways out. Graduate or die. Do you think they have, like... A normal college for not war? Or is that, like, the only option? I think that's the only option is, like, that or you go to the front lines. That's literally it. So becoming a healer or a scribe. But that's still the war college. Yeah. It's all the same. Um, There's just different, like, majors, for lack of a better word. Interesting. It is. It's kind of a refreshing one. So what would you rate this book? So, um, I just choked on my own spit. Um, I <laughs> give it a, a 9.32 out of 10 because I did think it was a really refreshing story. It mm-hmm. was, you know, a new type of characters. It, you know, dragons are cool shit. I love that. It brought me back to, um, like my Aragon days. I thought yes. that was amazing. Um, there were some aspects of like, the actual like writing that I didn't really they didn't vibe with me but um overall I thought it was a really really good original story yeah I agree so this is actually my second time reading it this time (laughs) I would rate it a 9.5 out of 10 because there's a lot that I really loved about this book I will say the second time reading it I actually enjoyed it more than the first time and I think a large Part of the reason why is because the first time I actually listened to it on Audible and the audiobook is just not my preference for this particular novel. Listen, I've got a bone to pick with the Audible version of this book. It's kind of rough. And I, I know why the end of the book was not it for me the first time because like... Little surfer boy Zayden like out here in the... Dude, I hated it. It was awful. Like, and it was just so annoying. Like when they're in battle, like the whisper yelling, 
like because they're in battle so she's like trying to show that they're yelling to each other yeah it was rough like it was embarrassing me so well and she had fucking like a cold or something at the <laughs> beginning of it and it's just constantly just here <laughs> anyway yeah so i think that made me not disgusting like it less the first time i read it but um it's a good book i enjoyed it yeah, no, the second read through is really, really good. And I picked up on like a lot of things that I didn't initially pick up on. That so always that happens really with cool. fantasy novels. So. so there's so much world building and especially with this one, because it's like you're touching kingdoms within Navarre that like they don't even talk about. Like they briefly mention and you're mm-hmm. like, what's that? You get so much of it thrown at you at the end as well and quickly. And so the first time that, again, I was listening to it, I was already kind of annoyed with how it sounded. And so I just really was missing out on that the first time I read it. The other thing I really liked about reading the print version is that it has a map at the front of the book and I was flipping back and forth like crazy. So that really helped me with my second read through as well. So before we get started, you know, I I do think really quick, just doing a a breakdown of the hierarchy of the writer's quadrant, because that was something I was extremely confused about while I was reading. So they have, you know, first wing, second wing, third wing, and fourth wing. So within each wing, there's a claw, flame, and a tail section. But within each section, there's three squads. And so you have a wing leader, so that's what Zayden is, but then you have, like, a squad, not even a squad leader, you have a section section leader, leader, but within the sections, you have three squad leaders. Okay, that makes more sense. I'm not sure I ever fully grasped that Yeah, no, I didn't either. (laughs) Um, And so, like, Dane is a squad leader in Flame section, he's in, like, second squad. Zayden oversees all of it, and then I'm pretty sure Bodie or Garrick, I can't remember, was, like, one of the, like, section leaders. He, yeah, Garrick was Garrick, either a section leader or a wing leader. Garrick was the f- section leader of the flame section, and then in flame section was second squad, oh, okay. which Dane was squad leader, and they were all in second yeah. squad. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. That does help break it down for me, because I... Obviously, it's like if the word leader is there, you know, they're somewhat in charge of someone, but that helps you to know between <laughs> well, squad yeah. leader, section leader, wing leader. And because they course, kept saying wing leaders fourth highest. wing, flame section, squad, second squad. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and that is too much for me. You're where? I would be like, you're going to just have to list my name if you want me like, to show up somewhere. I don't know where I am right now. Like, be so fucking for real um let's talk about the characters all right violet our main girl oh our little paper skin glass bones baby girl yeah i don't know if rebecca yaros has ever made an official comment but the consensus from what i understand is that violet has ellers dollar ella how the fuck do you say it ellers donlos syndrome yeah Yeah. Which is like a, it's a disorder where your connective tissues are like, like weakened and like, they're very flexible because they're, you know, the joints and stuff are like weaker than they should be. We're going to this somehow to be the chosen one and like, her joints do have something to do with this. Well, 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, those of you with this particular condition, um, how does it feel to be? You God's too favorite? can be a hero. <laughs> I think that is just kind of a uh, a good like inclusive, like very inclusive. inclusive. Yeah, because like it's seen as Violet's weakness throughout the book, yeah. obviously, because physically she has some physical like weaknesses compared to the other writers, but. It doesn't stop her, obviously, from being the most powerful writer of, like, her generation. So it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I have just, (laughs) I've been seeing so many, um, like, not even about fourth wing, but it's just, like, authors who make, like, their main female character, like, 90 pounds soaking wet, can barely, like, get up through the day type thing. But they also are, like, the baddest bitch you've ever met. Yeah, which, in uh, Messiaros' defense... Violet does get her ass handed to her. A she lot. does. Like she, she doesn't. Does. She doesn't act like somehow magically she's still strong. I think than that's the else. one like redeeming, yeah, thing of that is that like no, she knows she sucks too. It's like and yeah, she's like, I'm surprised I'm alive still. Right. Like if you're going to give her this this condition and say like her her joints be brittle, her bones be brittle, like you better freaking act like it. And she does. She does. She knows. She knows where she is. Um, I do think she's really funny. She's very, very funny. I loved her inner monologue, but that girl dumb. Yeah. She does some dumb shit in this Especially at the end. We are making some poor decisions. It was frustrating to me at the end when, uh, when she's feeling all betrayed and stuff, you know, and she's literally just like talking out loud. She's like, so what? You just expect me to believe blah, blah, blah. And everyone just kind of stares at her and she's like, oh, yeah, they that is what they expect me to believe. Like, she's literally just like oh, reasoning okay. through it out loud. It's like, okay. hey, do this in your head. Maybe yes, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> like, <laughs> stop talking. Yeah. yeah, no. And it's just like her constantly like questioning herself. And it's it. It's something that we all would do, mm-hmm. and I think that's why it's so annoying. Yeah, um, but it's just like, will <laughs> we? You're like, I don't we, want that to be like... my fantasy. Like my when I'm reading, I don't want to feel like I'm just inside my own head. You know? <laughs> yeah. She's like, am I reading this situation wrong? Does he like me? Doesn't he? Am I feeling betrayed right now? And I'm like, yeah, you probably are, but like, fuck, do something but she else. She didn't even like take a second to like. Oh. Listen, I do really like her character, but she was very annoying at times. Yes. But like I said, she's also very relatable, which I did like and very funny. I love a good internal monologue. And Um, she's got a great one. And she's got a really good one. Yeah. I do love that she, she like studies, like recalls history to calm herself down because she's like in a literal life threatening situation. And she's like... She's like, I'm just going to disassociate years ago. for just a and second. <laughs> yeah, she's honestly hilarious. Zayden, our main male character, I will say I am a sucker for an emotionally unavailable shadow man. And he is that. I have a very unpopular opinion. That is totally to fine. Zayden. Share it. Share it. I don't like him. Um, I think they're very toxic. They are. Uh, well, yes. They're not good for each other. Like, do they probably have, like, a really good, like, chemistry? For sure. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't deny that. Yes. But I think they both just have some stuff they probably need to work through. And he's also a liar. Um, He, like, lied a lot. 
Yeah. And it was for a good reason. Well, it was for a good reason. Yeah. But I'm not mad at him for that. But I, I do, do think I, there's understand. like some other things like not relating to that that he's probably also like not being very truthful about. And I do think that stems back to like the whole um like trust thing, but I don't know. He's just shady to me. Yeah. Well, he's literally shady. <laughs> he's literally shady. <laughs> um yeah. So I don't hold that against him. I don't know. Um I agree with you. I do think he's shady. Uh, but that doesn't bother me. I don't know. I'm just like, when's the other shoe gonna drop here? Yeah. For some reason, like, I don't know. I'm not scared. And I haven't read Iron Flame yet, actually. Fun fact. So I could end up eating my own hat and being like, he sucks ass. I don't know. Iron Flame didn't really change that, uh, decision for me at all. I still stand by that. Yeah. Um, that's totally fine. And it's just like, I don't know, I refuse to invest in the first love interest because I'm scarred by Sarah J. Mass. Sarah. Um, yeah. And, like, Rebecca Yaros even said this is going to be, like, a six-book series. So I'm just going to see what happens. I'm here for the ride. Yeah, I'm not necessarily you don't investing in well, any of these characters. <laughs> as much as I'm saying, like, his character, like, it doesn't bother me that he's shady, I will say their relationship I agree. It's it not good. Not healthy. It's weird. And I actually have some comments about it um, when we discuss the things we didn't love about this book. Okay. 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 The dragons. Yeah. Let's kind of talk about the like, dragons. our main dragons. Um, so you, you pronounce them. Yeah. You, you go listen. first. So there was a little bit of a situation and we'll tell you later where you can look on TikTok for pronunciations, but some of the dragon names are legitimately Scottish Gaelic words, and so they have an actual cor- correct pronunciation. Some of them are not. Some of them are just loosely inspired, and so we can pronounce them however Rebecca Yaros wants them pronounced. But Tarn, that's Vi- Violet's um, big dragon. I almost said big black dragon, but I didn't like how that sounded. I didn't. I don't like then, that. Then I just said it again. <laughs> It was too close to like a. I I literally know. Yes, yeah. (laughs) That's Violin's big dragon. Um, I'm gonna leave that in. His name is Tarnianok, uh, which I'm still probably saying wrong, but it's Tarn for short. And then Andarna. Oh my god. Andarna. Her full name, I don't even think I could pronounce if I tried. There's like a little bit of an R sound that I can't do very well at the end of it. But you can um, watch this video, and she does it way better than we ever could. Yeah, we'll give that to you at the end. And then um, there's Sigale, which is not a real. It's Gaelic like a word, tag apparently. on a Gallic word scale. Yeah. Um, so you could is, say it closer to that. Yeah. But the audiobook unfortunately says Sigale, which is annoying to me because it's very phonetic. Uh yeah. I I think why I'm bothered is because the spelling is S G. So I'm like. So why are we putting like a like there's Sagale. a vowel there, like you yeah. know we're adding a syllable where I don't think there should be one. It's fine. Whatever, whatever uh, she wants to do. I will say, like all you know, their names aside or whatever, I love their dynamic. Oh my gosh, a lot. I love that Tarn is super grumpy. He's like a big grumpy dad to Andarna, and they just truly give me the warm fuzzies. They're like a little cute family. I like, do hope we get more of Sigale's 
personality though because I don't really yeah. feel like I know that one she's like a very very minor character mm -hmm. but let me tell you just the absolute glee that went through my body whenever they talked for the first time I was like they talk yes that was so exciting funny. to me there are funny I mean yeah they lift like hundreds of years at this point well like it was 150. just like it was one of those things in the book where I don't know if you ever had this happen like you get to a point in the book and you're just like, I need something more to happen. Mm -hmm. And so they finally bond with these dragons. And I'm like, okay, like we're moving kind of slow at this point. Yeah. But then they start talking. And then like you get like <laughs> this whole other like dimension of relationship in the book. Yes. And like, that's really what did it for me. Like kept it going. Yes. Like I now had th like these other two characters that I loved and cared about, like yes. mixed into it. And they're, they're good. They're very good characters. Like you are very invested in them. Yes. Honestly, right away. Like you, the dynamic right away is very interesting and yeah, they capture yeah. your attention right away. Yeah, Tarn's just like, I chose you, don't ask questions, but I need you to live up to, like, my legacy here. Yeah, and then whenever, like, he's basically telling her, like, we have to put on a show, and then, like, keeps her on his back when all of the other dragons, if their rider falls off, they fall to their death. And so there's yeah. already, like, an immediate um relationship there which, which is, is very good. interesting and something that I do want to talk about later because like why you know why is Tarn so invested yeah in her like what is it about her that besides the fact that she saved Indarna mm -hmm. um yeah because he says that's why but like but it's like is it really because dragons I don't know based off of what we read like dragons just aren't like that mm -hmm. um but he is just a big old cinnamon roll, like with yeah. the allowing her to have and also um, like a, a saddle, machine. and he's a killing machine. <laughs> he protects his own. Yes, yeah, he's basically dad. I love him. I also love him, and I do think like what you were saying about it's so nice where the book picks up right there because at that point I was kind of feeling like. What else could possibly happen? And I still have like 300 pages to read. So yes. I was really grateful because like we both kind of share the opinion that this book may like it could have probably been shorter and still been. We could have cut the some stuff thing. out. Yeah. And it would have been effective. But I still think it was great. I agree. Um, let's talk about Dane. Let's. Let's talk about this man, this boy, this this little stinker. <laughs> a little sticker. I hate him. He definitely gets on my nerves. He's obviously supposed to, but he just, just gave me like icky vibes right yeah. from the start. Like the hard on for the rule book is like too much for me. It was also more just like, like, why are you here? Like, first of all, he's like, why are we here? And you're like, this is why I'm here. Okay, how are we getting you out? I'm like, no, I'm already here. He's like, no, we've got to get you out though. And the fact like, that okay, he did not like, relent. Like, yeah. he just really cares, I guess. But then it got to the point where it's like, hey, man, there's nothing we can do at this point. Like, yeah. get over it. Like, literally, once she was already, like, she bonded to two dragons. And he was like, okay, you have to pick the little one because you won't be able to fly into battle and you can just hide at the college. And it's like, um. And it's like, well, that's <laughs> not really an option. And we both know it. 
And then it's yeah. like two weeks in, he's like, don't worry, I talked to somebody on your behalf, and we can sneak you through the hallway, like through a back door. <laughs> Just like here. we wanted. No one's going to know. Yeah, I hate it. She's like, him. yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, and then it's just like, like, like you said, just the rule following to the point where you're betraying your friends. Like, yeah, and then just like the disbelief that that people so, in charge lie to him. Yeah, he's like, but, but that's not possible. That's not how things are done. It's like, like hey, fucking man, grow up. Not everyone <laughs> follows the rules. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, he like, pisses this me is off. Real life, dude. Yeah. And I wonder if it's just because, like, his dad is Lilith's, quite literally like, war. Bitch. Like, yes, I think it is. Yeah. So he's always just saw him like following the rules. Yeah. Um, which his dad is also a little bitch, bitch ass um, hoe, bitch ass hoe. Also betrays people yeah. for you shouldn't have any friends for um, blind like patriotism. I think the moment I truly hated him, and it's even before, like, the whole thing where we find out, like, he's been potentially reading her mind this whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, just whenever, you know, Viola gets attacked in her bedroom, and it's Amber, is that her name? Who, yes. like Amber spear- Mavis. Amber Mavis, <laughs> who is spearheading this whole operation, and he's just like, you're a fucking liar. Yeah. She didn't do that. And it's like, she literally could have died like eight different ways and amber's like yeah no i didn't do it he's like see she said she did it it's like well why are we just like believing this lady yeah because he's anybody else yeah and then the other thing that's really annoying is like whenever he rejects violet just because of the rules because violet's like oh yes we're on the same page like we should just be friends and he's like no like we just can't break the rules and she's like oh she's like ew (laughs) (laughs) she's like well that really kind of cools my engine she got the ick from that (laughs) i mean he is he is the ick your hotness can only go so far she's like like, how about you fucking live a little (laughs) oh my god he's got like a comb over i just know it He's going to be bald soon. Man, just really disappointing. But you know what? I do truly, I love a good redemption arc. I do truly hope. Yes, I hope. Maybe maybe we're wrong. Well, I don't think we're wrong as of right now. But what I think would be cool is like, if he, he learns that his dad is like kind of a piece of shit and has been like lying to him for the sake of just being an asshole um and then he kind of like turns and then like joins the rebellion to kind of stick it to his dad i think that would be a good arc for him but then we've got rhiannon who we do you know love. what a ride or die yeah literally a bestie uh, you, i love their whole interaction from start to finish yeah like from the get-go like when they trade the boots on the parapet and like immediately as soon as violet finishes crossing like she finds her and it's a lifelong bond it is and what's so like i think it's hard for violet at first because mira like tells her right away like don't seek friendships but violet is like you know what no like this is my friend she is trustworthy and she has my back and then like immediately they trust each other to like uh, help each other out 
I will say just with the way the book started with like just immediately killing people off like yeah no hesitation yeah like we're like oh Dylan's gonna be a cool dude and then he dies like two pages later that did kind of shake me I'm like yeah so I'm just waiting for this girl to like stab her in the rib cage or something I was worried any point well that's like that's kind of good writing though because I'm sure Violet was thinking the same thing but it turns out no she's actually just a true bestie like I don't know at what point I was like I also trust her but like it took a little bit of time I was like no I think when it really like sinks in is when they're at Montserrat and Rhea's like I'm gonna go see my family like and Violet's like well obviously I'm not gonna let you go alone yeah. Um, I might cry on this next part. I'm not sure yet. Liam's death hit me pretty hard. And you're right. It was worse the second time because, like, there were so many things happening during, like, that final battle. Yeah. That, like, I was confused and disoriented, which, again, is really good writing because mm-hmm. everyone else was really, like, confused and disoriented. For sure. And, like, all of a sudden, Liam's dying in her arms. And I'm like, Oh my god, it's happening again. Yeah, because the first time, like, during the War Games thing, when Jack stabs him, you're like, oh my god, this is it. And then she and saves then him. So you're like, <laughs> oh, th- like, shoo, we really dodged Surely the bullet there. she's not there. gonna kill him off again. <laughs> like, It really sucks because, I mean, he gets built up as such a good friend and a genuinely good person him and jacinia were in it for the long haul yeah yeah that shit hurted that was terrible i was just listening when i was listening to the audiobook just driving down the highway like sobbing like i was like maybe i'm gonna have to pull over because my vision's a little blurry i had to go sit down because i was cleaning and i had to go sit down Mm -hmm. yeah like my heart started to hurt and i was like call 911 like (laughs) (laughs) I'm dying of a broken heart (laughs) yeah like this is it for me well and it was more just like his final like interaction with her because they they were fighting and that was so sad and basically she had questioned like were they you know even friends all along and so when he is laying like dying in her arms and he's like we are friends and she's like we were always friends and he's like well it was my honor to be your friend honor Oh, you know, I sobbed. this hurts just as much as Dom. Yeah, or like Lahaba. <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> like this is one of my top three. I blocked you know, that like, out. I I've actually that trauma. still never cried as hard as when Dom died. And I don't think I ever will. I this one was close for me. Life. <laughs> Yeah, because that one was also just kind of, like, unexpected in the midst of chaos. And it was, like, just such a strong, like, ending to a death. Like, it it was my honor. Like, oh, my God. (laughs) That was fucking my honor to read this book. I know. Swear to God. (laughs) It was my honor to know you, you fictional character. I love you. That and, like, a rough all one. he wanted to do was just whittle his little wooden dragons. And... Oh, my God. Whenever, whenever Zayden hands Violet the um, whittled statue of Andarna. And then, also, the, the thing that fucking killed me is when he was, like, he knew he was dying. And he was, like, you have to take care of my sister at Parapet. It's, like, oh, <laughs> uh, hello? Like, well, first of all, I'm just... worried. How are they even going to get to her? Because, like, they're in a full-on rebellion now. Yeah. 
it's so sad and like he was forced into this like they all were but i don't know for some reason his just hits a little different because it's like he is such a gentle like soul yeah who was you know basically molded into like a warrior yeah and against his will against yeah. his will like i mean again all, yeah they all were but it, just trying to survive and it freaking sucks yeah it he didn't deserve that kind of wish I, you wouldn't have done that rebecca hey rebecca um can you take it back yeah can you be like um you know how brennan's actually alive so is liam so that'd be really really cool yeah um <laughs> speaking of brennan gift for christmas <laughs> so speaking of brennan that motherfucker is alive that um, motherfucker dude but i thought that was such a good reveal like the first time i read it i really truly was not expecting that yeah it and i question everything yeah like i i am not surprised now like my second read through obviously like i already knew it i can kind of see like the hints and the foreshadowing but it was subtle enough the first time that I didn't see it coming. So I thought that was really good. Well, and I think that's something just really interesting about like the books I've read by Rebecca Yara so far in this series is that you don't catch anything the first time. Mm-hmm. Like you have to do a second read through and it's just so you can learn like her writing style because she does give hints and she does put Easter eggs yes. in there. And it is glaringly obvious by the time you get to the end, but yeah. you are never going to know what the Easter eggs are until that last 50 pages of the book. Yeah. Which is really, really cool. And I, I think enjoy that's that awesome. Yeah. I hate then- knowing what's going to happen. I know, me too. And the other thing is, I think that gives such, um, like, rereadability to a book, yeah. and it's it just makes it really good. And I do think Brennan's character is going to be interesting. I'm excited to learn more about him in Iron Flame, but I have not read it yet. Yeah, it was just a really, really good cliffhanger. I liked Mira a lot. She kind of scared me a little bit. I think she is... I think she's going to be a really interesting character, too, because you can tell she was very clearly, like, molded by her mother, mm-hmm. but wants to defy her, like, at yes. any given moment. Yeah, so she's going to join the rebellion eventually. And I mean, as soon as she finds out Brennan is alive, she is joining up with him, for sure. But I did really like the dynamic between her sister and her mom. Mm-hmm. I thought that was... I thought that was very telling. Yeah, because like you said, they are so similar, but they definitely don't see eye to eye. So yeah, interesting dynamic. And what's really sweet about the three of the siblings is, I mean, from what we know of Brennan in this book, it's clear that they all have so much love and loyalty for each other. Um, Even though there does seem to be quite an age gap between Mira and the other two, or sorry, uh, Violet and the other two, she seems quite a bit younger um they're still close it seems yeah. like they were still very close so i like I that. that love that um lilith is a piece of work i'll tell you that much um i like her aggressive parenting style me personally yeah uh, <laughs> i think yeah parents should take notes you should definitely um you know, especially if you are a war general, you should force your children to join the ranks don't of the even military. Give and them then, an option. Yeah, and then just pretend you don't know them while they're training. I think that's really um, I feel like deep down wonderful. she is actually like obsessed with her children and we just I don't know. 
I'm like, sure, but she's got a fucked up way of showing it. Yeah, she's just not a very good mother. I don't know. No, I'm sure that she loves them so, so much, but she is just kind of a piece of shit. But she's like, you got to prove your worth before I can fully love you. And I do think, like, the death of her father played a big role in that, too, because they said, like, she was a caring mother before he died. Mm-hmm. And so I I think she really just truly, truly loved her husband. And when he died, like, a piece of her also died. And Violet and, is so much like her father as and well. And I think Violet's the only one that can kind of see that softness in her mother. Mm-hmm. And that's why when she forces her to join it, like, it kind of breaks her a little bit because... Yeah. She's like, maybe I don't know my mom. I also wonder, like, we don't have a whole lot of the um, the information of, like, Violet's childhood. But we know, like you said, that her mom did used to be softer and more, more gentle when her father was alive. And because Violet was, you know, physically she was weak and she, she was so much like her love, like the love of her life, her husband – I feel like it just hurts once he's gone. It hurts to even probably look look at at Violet. Like, she's probably like, I don't know what to do with you because I'm not the right parent for you. Like, she probably feels like she can't successfully love Violet the way that her dad did. Which, speaking of, we don't know. We don't know her dad's name. Um, It's father. Father. Papa Papa Thorangale. It's very much like Akatar, where <laughs> we actually never learned her father's name. Father um, maybe Archeron. we never will. Do you think his name is last name is Sorengale? No, he took her last name for sure. He took hers, I bet, yeah. Or maybe he just had he kept his own name and she just totally didn't change her. Yeah, they didn't even hyphenate. Um <laughs> Yeah. She's like be so fucking for real. <laughs> Sorengale lines forever. But yeah, those were those were our main hoes. Yeah, and there's a lot of other side characters. And, yeah, and they matter, but like... Like Imogen you know. was really cool. I liked her a lot. She's mm-hmm. very scary. She um, is. I love her. I love and her Riddick and Sawyer and Garrick yeah. and Bodie. And oh, yes. We yes. could talk all day about the side characters and the professors. And I Jack and his little posse. Oh, uh, yeah, and then got Jack yeah. Harlow. He's worth noting. Um... Yeah, he's important to the story, but he sucks ass. You know, the I professors hope he are doesn't cool. rest in peace. Yeah, I hope he rests in pepperonis instead. Yeah. Let's <laughs> that was so stupid. Shut Let's up. Talk about our thoughts and concerns. I, on my second read through, counted how many times Dane touches Violet's face. And <gasps> it is a total of seven times that I counted. There are some really, like, notably important ones. Yeah. So the, I think the most notable is the morning after Violet sees all of the uh, cadets with the uh, rebellion relics on them gathering in the woods, he touches her face the next morning. Mm-hmm. So he for mm-hmm. sure knew she was keeping that from him. Mm-hmm. And every time that he touches her face and, like, takes her memories, like, he does not miss a beat. He does not react. She has no clue. Which is so scary. Yeah. Like, he just, like, continues to act all tender and caring. Like, she has no clue that he... And what you know that. that he's seeing some things that probably make him upset. So, right. he does a really good job hiding it. Uh, the betrayal I felt when we found out... Like, when I put it together, finally. It was uh, the same time when Violet put it together as mm-hmm. well. Um, 
I was like, oh my God. Because dude. <laughs> when he first tells her about it, he says, I have to touch their temples. Like he makes it sound like it's such a like specific specific touch, but he cups her face and he'll cup her cheek. And so his fingers would be resting on her temple. And she probably doesn't realize that because it's not like when I think yeah. of it, like I'm thinking of full on. Yeah, like, you think like what directly people look like on when they're mind reading, like yes. on each temple. But yeah, no, he'll cup like her cheeks or both of them cup her face. And so he's just holding her face, but he's touching her temples. Ugh, what a skis. Um, one thing I really did like were the quotes at the beginning of each chapter. Yes. It added so much and so little at the same time like just those short three sentences Mm -hmm. were enough to not only foreshadow what was going to happen in the chapter because that is the main purpose that they serve but it also i think is giving us hints about what's going Mm -hmm. to happen maybe in future books as well um and on top of that like i think it's such a quick way to introduce more world building yeah history of navarre and some of the other surrounding territories um, but some of them like didn't necessarily have to do with what the chapter was doing. And so when I did my second read through, I didn't write them down for this, but I did kind of take note of the ones that didn't necessarily match up because I'm like, how oh, is this going to circle back? It's the for future? the future. Yeah. Ah, that's cool. Another thing that I liked, and this is also uh, on the same token a thing that I didn't like that much. <laughs> um First of all, I loved most of the banter, whether it was between Violet and Zayden or like Violet and Tarn, Violet and her friends. Like, I loved most of the banter. However, <laughs> I would say there's definitely a ratio that, like, for every nine enjoyable little friendly little conversations, clever little banter sessions, the tenth would be awful. For lack of a better word, yeah, cringy. Like, just embarrassing. And I was like, whoa. Some of it did feel straight out of, like, a Wattpad novel. Yes. And so I was kind of like, is that, like, from the first draft? Or, because, like, some of it would be so good, like, so natural. And then all of a sudden it would be, like, jarring. Well, I think (laughs) part of that, too, maybe is, like, the age difference that like the age that Rebecca Yaris was like shooting for like Violet's obviously like a very young woman and so I felt like sometimes maybe she's just trying to be like really relatable in yeah. it so, like you're bound to bit. say something horribly awkward like as a 20 something's not going to stick the way you think it's going to and <laughs> it's gonna come off like really gross that's so fair so maybe in that way it was it was wonderful writing um, something that I really, really liked about this book is just like everybody just living their truest self, you know, <laughs> yes. as gift. Um, you can be whatever you want to, you can express yourself however you want to. It's like we're all gonna die here. Yes, <laughs> you might that's as well so true. Just do whatever. Yeah. And I think I think that was really cool how it was just very, very casual. Because I feel like sometimes like authors make like a very big deal to be like, look at all this inclusivity that I yeah. have in my book. And it feels very forced. Mm-hmm. But in this, it was just very subtle and it was like, it was natural, just, yeah. It was written very well. You can tell. Rebecca Yaros is an ally like or I mean for all I know she's queer herself I have no clue anything about her but 
like what I thought was cool was yes, it just it wasn't in your face, like trying to be annoying about it. Like there was racial and ethnic diversity, there was gender identity diversity, sexuality diversity, and it was just it was the world and it made sense. Ten out of ten for that particular I loved aspect. It. Um, a couple other things that I really liked with the dragons, some moments is when first of all, when uh, the saddle. Zayden makes a saddle for Violet so to ride cute. Tarn. And the fact that Tarn like allows it. So sweet. But then even further than that is the little attachment they make so that Andarna can just be clipped on when she gets tired. I just like the visual I gave myself in my head, like feet <laughs> dangling. Like, yeah, like tongue out. <laughs> she is just having a good time. Um and also Happy what to was be really there. sweet is how Violet uh, came up with the idea that she could camouflage herself in mud so that she could partic- participate in the war games. I thought that was very sweet as well. It was so cute. I love Andarna. Me too. What a cutesy little character. Um, the last thing that I really, really loved, and it was something that I wish more authors had the balls to do. Kill more <laughs> characters. Yeah. Kill off more characters. Mm-hmm. We kept it funky fresh up in Basquiat. Basquiat? Basquiat. Basquiat. I can never say. I've heard Basquiat in the audiobook so many times that I don't think I can even pronounce it correctly. I know. Point. It's been drilled um, into us. Anyway, like, I love that. Like, yeah. no one's not, one person is safe in this book. It and it's so like, hell yeah, real. keep it going. Kill the main character. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Honestly. Kill the main character. Kill the main <laughs> character. Do it. <laughs> Tommy's, Do it. Tommy's alone in that club. <laughs> yeah. Get him out of here. No, I just think that's awesome. Because, like, and I'll refer back to Sarah J. Mass in this instance. Because, like, in some, like, of her... Some of her novels, like, she'll kill off early characters Mm -hmm. that we don't really get a chance to fully, like, love and bond with. And that's And it's sad, but it doesn't rip your heart out of your chest. But it's like, Rebecca Garst, I'm going to do both. I'm going to kill off people we don't know. I'm going to kill off some people that we've had a little bit of time to, like, know and love. But I'm also going to rip your heart out. Well, I think that adds such a layer of realism to this particular story because they emphasize how... It's like no one's safe here. You never know, like, if you're going to see the next day. And so, yeah, she makes it evident that there's a reason that they know that. Like, I loved that shit. I think we should do that more. We should. Tabby's like, kill Zayden. Kill him. Kill him. him. Just kill him. Um, Yeah, because, hey... Brennan's apparently alive, so let's kill someone else, right? Yeah, like, we brought one back. You gotta balance the system here. Yeah, yeah. You can't be stealing from Malik now. So, those are the things that we really liked about this book. And not to be a negative Nelly, but of course there are some things that we didn't like as well. And with Um, it being such a long book, there's gonna be a few. Yes, and I I mean, that's one right there. It was long, so at times it felt redundant. Don't feel like we're picking on you. Yes. No, please don't, because there we do this for every book we discuss. Um, I also have a very, these are very specific grievances that I have to take up with. Um, so <clears throat> can I just, can I just tell you a story of all the things I don't like? Is that all yeah. right with you? Okay. Paint me a picture. So this is so, like, this isn't even her fault, 
But I don't like in books when, <laughs> when there's a handwritten note and we try to make it look like a handwritten note. I don't like that. Oh, yeah. Because for me, I'm just like, that's just harder for me to read. I don't like that. Like, I can use my imagination. Just tell me it's a note. So don't like that. I kind of like it. Oh, okay. Well, that's totally I kind fine. of do like it. I'm alone in this camp. Because Okay. I'm like, oh, wow, it's a note. Yeah. And I know, I know it's a note <laughs> well, because it looks like a note. I'm just like, you can just tell me it's a note. But I also Um. sometimes skip words when I read. So it's like, <laughs> if someone's I like, also this is... can't read. This is a note written by blah, blah. I'm like, this is a lot of dialogue. That's so, that's fair. So it makes it like more fun and exciting for you. Yeah. It makes It's it like, visually no. stimulating. And now I know, like, this is a note and I'm reading a note and it's not the main character talking. It is, Okay. in fact, somebody else. Okay. I get that. I get the like for it. Um, just not my favorite. But again, not a big deal. Uh, I do have a bone to pick with this part, though, because, okay, let me paint you a picture. Violet is in the sparring gym. She's training with Imogen, Re, um, Liam's there, Zane's there. Like, everyone's just hanging out. She's sparring. And Jack comes in with his little squad, and they're just, like, they're talking shit. You know, he's like, yeah, I'm going to kick your ass when you don't have your little posse around, blah, blah, blah. So Jack's talking some They came smack. in snapping. They They're came snapping. in snapping some West Side Story bullshit. And as Jack is trash talking, his friend just like wordlessly, he's like, yeah, motherfucker, just wordlessly offers him an orange slice. And Jack is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get that the fuck out of my face. You I can't even say seriously. Because it was just like so fucking dumb. Because the first time I read the book and that happened, I was like, what, is he allergic to oranges? And he literally fucking is. And I know I was she's like... like I have to organically fit in here that he is in fact allergic to oranges But because you know, I actually what would have been organic is if they were in the fucking cafeteria. <laughs> you know where it would have made sense? hey man do you want an orange are you fucking stupid Bro, <laughs> I was so annoyed. I thought that was the stupidest fucking thing. Um, hated I kind of thought that. like the whole thing with her being like, I'm actually a master of poisons. And it's like, oh, really? Oh, are you? She's not a master of poison. She fucks it up multiple times. Oh, <laughs> you can kill people. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, like she luckily she doesn't murder He's anyone like, well, that I wasn't way. trying to murder anybody. I was Uh just trying to make him sick, but but like her timing's off, all sorts of shit. Anyway, okay. she, she's actually the worst poison master on Yeah, earth. and Zayden's like, I've met better. <laughs> Satan's like, hey man, I've actually been watching you just slipping shit into people's drinks. Everyone's actually seen you do it. It's like it's it's honestly so crazy. <laughs> Like what a coincidence. it's just like letting her do it too. Like everyone saw, Yeah. but Like there's no way he's the only one who knew. Like they're not all stupid. I know some of them are probably stupid. Like you're bound to have some himbos there, but like surely somebody else has some fucking brains. <laughs> but the oranges is where I draw the line. And then from, you get to see Violet from the other side of the room when Jack's like freaking out about the orange. She's like, yeah, jot that down. Yes, she's Jot that down. she's like, Tarn, make a mental <laughs> note for me. Voice memo, <laughs> buy oranges. Voice memo. <laughs> yeah, she's like, Alexa. Um, and then <laughs> the next bone I have to pick, this has to do with the spicy scenes. This first Ugh, one, some of them are bad. oh my god, this... 
this first particular issue I have, and this applies to most romanticy novels. I am going to tell you right now that we do not need, nor do we prefer, the mention of some magical contraceptive <laughs> that they're using. I'm no um, better than the audible narrator right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Tabby <laughs> caught the audible narrator's cold from listening to it. Um, but we don't need to hear about their contraception, especially whenever you're just making some shit up. And, oh, extra especially when it's in the middle of the scene. I'm on the fur <clears throat> Shut up. They were going at it. Like, they may as well have already been, you know. You could have conceived a child town. with what had been happening here. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like, we were already pretty far along here. And she's like, I take the fertility suppressant. Like, nothing pours a bucket of cold water on me faster. Oh, um, I chose to leave. You were all infertile. And I understand this is, like, a realistic conversation that would maybe have to, have to happen between two people in real life. But this is but a This book. isn't real. What's more frustrating about it is, like, we've already mentioned, like, everyone else in the dorms is going at it like rabbits. Did we have to talk about their contraception? No. You know, and that probably would have been the better way to, like, do that. Be like, haha, don't forget to take your fertility suppressant. Yeah, because then it's, like, cute and, like, And that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's, like, they are literally, like, I mean, seconds away from penetration. And she is, like... I'm taking the fertility suppressant. I'm on the pill. I And he goes, same. I'm not even kidding. Literally, he said, he said same. same. And I was like, I'm going to bomb. And he's like, anyway, I'm going to stick it in you now. Like, Yeah, that was horrible. Also, how did they break the armoire? Her bones are made of paper straws. <laughs> yes. And, and I know for a fact this was... This was just from them banging up against it because they they didn't mention their powers being losing control until later. So how did they do that? That doesn't make sense. Well, you know what else I like also thought was very dangerous for her just in her condition. Um, <laughs> she was like, let me just arch my back more arch than I have ever done it before. So oh. I can get this angle right. And I'm like, Mm, well yeah. like you did fall and break your wrist like, yeah. just from like breathing earlier you're gonna like, pull something i don't think you should be doing that and no, she so like, she literally is like i arched my back so hard that i thought my joints were gonna break and i was yeah. like oh my and god and then up against the armoire so hard that like the doors it's like maybe just you. like ask him to like readjust or perhaps. like get a pillow under your hips or maybe don't fuck up against your arm wall i don't know that like, too yeah okay so we all that's, we all that's that. your biggest like problem here yeah like and they did he's like well ironically the only thing we didn't destroy is the bed fucking use it use your bed <laughs> what's wrong around? with you yeah like maybe you should have maybe like, that should have been the one thing that was I also destroyed. just like i don't know why i hate when like like people especially in like romance books are like in the middle of it and they like lift him up and they're like and he lifted me like i wasn't i weighed nothing and it's yeah like, why do we have to mention that i don't know yeah like, it's weird i don't like I that i still like it yeah and i mean in her case that probably is the she middle. does weigh nothing because she has yeah. bird bones but uh, <laughs> but we don't gotta say it but like i don't care <laughs> um yeah same i don't know it's it just right i don't know it. The sex scenes just weren't it for me in this they book were not it. and i will say i will say in book two, which I know you haven't read it yet, she does a phenomenal job at the romance uh -oh. part. Like, 
That's good to know. I loved what she was doing in book two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So parts that I did not like at all. It's like there's not a lot. I won't lie. There's not a lot of like steamy content. Yeah. But like when a lot in the first when there is, it was so well done. Mm -hmm. That I was like, oh my god! Like I forgot I was reading kind of like a romanticy book right now. Yeah. I was so fully invested in what was happening in that book that I was like, I don't even give a shit what they're doing. Like, no, that gives me so much hope because yeah. it was rough this first it time. It was around. very good. Okay. I'm excited for that. Um, I do have one, one last bone to pick. Go, go for it. Let me hear it. I was bothered that this is like the night of like that um reunification day ball or whatever which is such a weird thing to do anyway yeah i've that's this is one of the scenes actually that i'm like we could have done without and the book would have been the same yeah um zayden's obviously upset it's a bad day for him brings up bad memories so he's out on the parapet and violet's like i'm gonna go out there because i am in love with zayden ryerson and i was like whoa call his name from the side you know you go out there well that but also i was like how did we because at this point they're basically mortal enemies well you know have some chemistry they fucked once and it's like she had given an ultimatum and it was like if you're not all in like you're not getting any yeah and like broke so easy yeah and she's like you know folded in like a lawn chair yeah and i mean from what i understand he's very hot so i get it but still he's a (laughs) man he's a man yeah I did not like that. And not only that, but then, okay, so she's like, I am in love. I had this major realization. I am in love with this man. But then the second that, you know, the the Griffin writers, it's clear that he is doing something with them. She is like, I don't know you at all. It's, you it's never all did, lying. girl. Yeah, my, my love, it wasn't real. And I'm like, girl. Like, do you need to be on a mood stabilizer? Because you, ne- you ain't barely know him. Yeah. You no? Know? Like- so uh, not only was it, like, too much to be, like, I'm in love, but then the whole, like, end of the book when she's like, no, I can never trust you again. Well, and, like, the thing was, too, was, like, he made it very clear from the beginning. He was like, yeah, I don't trust you all that yes. much at the beginning and like did slowly start to trust her but like told her multiple times like i can't tell you everything yeah and then she was like shocked pikachu at the <laughs> end whenever he didn't tell he her was everything like, oh yeah here's some of the things i didn't tell you and she's like you didn't tell me he's like yeah yeah we did already discuss that yeah and this kind of goes back to she's kind of dumb and I a lot of it is probably is just like naivety. Delusional. She has never had to like deal with it before and like with things this serious before. Obviously, she was pretty sheltered as a child. Um, yeah. And so I think it's it's kind of flabbergasting for her to be like, oh, sometimes you have to keep secrets because it's a life or death situation. Like well, she doesn't I- get that. I kind of think, like, the whole thing, too, like, it makes sense, like, with this, the scribe quadrant and whatnot, like, that is supposed to show, like, her naivety and, like, mm-hmm. her going into the writer's quadrant and stuff like that, like, was her, like, opening the door to, like, a whole brand new world. And so, like, basically, like, she is just 
a naive little girl because yeah. she was going to live a quiet and boring life yeah, in the still quadrant, very sheltered not and... knowing anything and yeah, yeah. Or, or thinking that she knew everything there was to know but it turns out that a bunch of history is being withheld from books so it's like no you actually you only know what they're allowing you to know it's a brave new world out there uh yeah I think it was just shocking for her and obviously she is a young woman she's only 20 years old so like I'm not surprised by her big emotions and her yeah, overreactions. She is very young. <laughs> yeah, like she literally is like fresh into adulthood. So like it makes sense for her age, but it was just kind of annoying to read just being older, I think. But then when you look at it from that perspective mm-hmm. of she is 20, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So we're bringing back this little thing called Theory Corner, and it's probably my favorite thing that we do on here especially with books like this and I think it's going to be a good series to have a little theory corner oh yeah as well um but a lot of my theories that I have here are going to be really generic because I don't want to give anything away in book two so a lot of things that I noticed here in the book is that there is a lot of repetition and like specific words or memories that we they circled back to quite a bit um and so I feel like whenever an author does that it's because they are going to um come into play maybe later on it doesn't have to be in the next book but later on in the series one on here um I'm going to come back to like this big one here is like with Violet's hair so mm-hmm. throughout the book like they made a very big deal about like her hair and how it kind of faded to gray at the ends um like it was like leached of color it looked like lifeless almost and like it was styled into a crown a lot Mm -hmm. um and so I think like the repetition of crown is kind of like a key thing here it's like well why a crown like why is it a coronet type thing Mm -hmm. um but also just like the color of it um when you think of like the venom the venom suck like the life out of the earth and leave it like leached of color um and so a lot of people theorize that she's somehow connected to the venom um and no one's really sure how i kind of think maybe it's her mom yeah um because her dad like had told that story or her dad had told her the story of the venom in like the book of like fairy tales and whatever um and her mom had come home one night with her eyes like bloodshot and um she was like freaked out because she thought her mom was venom, and I thought that was just such a weird story to kind of like reflect back on. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what was like the purpose of that story, you know? Um, and so I feel like that's connected somehow, and I'm sure we're gonna find out later on in the books too. Yeah, because um, she wouldn't say it so many times without it being important. And then, like, the gods are mentioned multiple times in the book. Um, and so I something I've just noticed, like, in any like fantasy book is that anytime like gods are mentioned like they're gonna come into play later yeah like Um, they are probably actually real in the universe otherwise like they would have just mentioned them in passing they probably wouldn't have been so specific like with their names and what they do like where they're from and the Um, like rituals that you do in their honor and so i do think whether or not like the gods become like tangible beings or if they just like influence the way things like are done like in the books I do think they're going to be really really important mm-hmm. um it is interesting too because Tarn is like uh we don't care about your puny human gods so no, I'm kind of like gods? uh yeah like or it's do like, you have your own 
Or were their gods actually just like really powerful, like wielders? Like people or with like that? magic. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? I don't know. But I do think like Zayden's like father was mentioned a lot, but we still don't really know a ton about him or like the rebel. Like we know the basics of like why the rebels started and like what they were fighting against. Mm -hmm. But I'm more interested in like Zayden's family specifically. Yeah. Um, You know, it's like, why was Fen the leader and like what made him so important? Yeah. And like, how did he like have all this like backing for him basically yeah um, like obviously he's very charismatic and whatever and they came from like a well-off family but like what kick-started the rebellion exactly um i would love to know more about that i think there's a lot of secrets surrounding it and then obviously brennan's alive and like they made a really big deal about like burning his stuff and like getting yeah rid that's of that. awkward now yeah and it's like well now he doesn't have any clothes um <laughs> But they didn't really talk about, like, her father and, like, what happened to his stuff. Like, yeah, his heart just gave out. Like, yeah, how it's old like, was well, he? Well, that seems, like, weird, right? Yeah. Um, like... He died of a broken heart. Mm-hmm. He has two other children. That's suspicious. He has two other children. Yeah, and a wife. <laughs> and it's like, who's like, the no, favorite sorry, can't here? go on anymore. Yeah, I'm really heartbroken hearted over my only son. Like, okay. <laughs> the only person in my life. Sexist? Yeah. yeah. And so I just Honestly, think like, cancel and- Papa Soringale. He's done. Yeah. You're done. Um, I think it's very suspicious. <clears throat> it and is. he died under suspicious circumstances. Yeah. And, and like, did anyone because- see it? Well, I I don't know, but you're like, it's suspicious. And we know that he had a bunch of knowledge that he should not yeah. have. It's like forbidden. someone killed him. Yeah. Someone so, killed him. Maybe. Or is he actually dead? Lilith. Or was he even, is he even dead? Like, did he fake his death? Who knows? No, did anyone find his body? Because <laughs> they don't talk about burning him. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. So there's a lot of inconsistencies surrounding his death. And I do think that's going to play a huge role in the next few books. For sure. Related to like Brennan though. So originally we thought that Brennan had died at the uprising. We thought that he was killed by Fen Ryerson. That is what Violet's been told. And that's kind of what the public believes to be the truth. But Professor Kaori... Uh, the dragon professor is talking about Tarn's previous writer named Naolin. And Naolin supposedly burned out and died from attempting to resurrect Brennan. So what's kind of interesting about that is like we later find out, oh, Brennan actually is alive. So it's like, okay, was he successfully resurrected? Right. Or, or was that all complete bullshit? And, like, if it is bullshit, like, what actually was the cause of Nail and Seth? And this is Tarn's previous writer, so Tarn right. knows for sure. So my theory on that is that he was successfully resurrected, but in the, the only way to do that was for Nailin to take magic from the earth and become venom and when he became venom it cut the bond that he had with tarn oh um and so i don't know if nayland's alive or if he truly did die when he took magic or when he tried to resurrect brennan or if they like kind of traded a life for a life type thing and then but but what makes brennan so special that he was like i have to like basically forfeit my life to save were they lovers maybe maybe cute um yeah i kind of was thinking 
I, I just assumed it wasn't like a personal connection, but something related to like the rebellion effort. But, maybe. But I kind of like you. Or maybe he's there's... just like, no, I won't live without you. <laughs> or it's like, what if all of the Sorengale children are like really special? Are they are actually royalty of some sort? Yeah. Like, what are they connected? What do we know about the king? Not a, Not lot, a lot in this book. Yeah. Because it's like, are the Sorengales like the actual true heirs? Well, and what I was also kind of thinking is that, like you said, Violet's, like, so much younger than the other two. What if, like, her father's not her real father? Oh, my God. And that's why, like, she's got something weird going on with her hair. I don't know. Something happened with her birth or conception that caused her to have these defects. Yeah. Yeah. The story that Violet understands is that her mom was sick while she was pregnant. But it's like... Was she sick mm -hmm. as... She's becoming Venom. <laughs> she is Venom. Yeah. So it's like, Secretly. Mm, I don't really believe that. Venom rhymes with Brennan. It goes all the way to the top. And it's all the way to the top. We cracked the code. You heard it here first. You don't folks. even need to write the rest of these books. Yeah, we figured um, it out. Brennan is Venom. The end. <laughs> the end. Um, but yeah, so. I don't know. I think everyone is alive till proven otherwise. Um, yeah, apparently. And in this universe, we can do whatever we want. Yeah, there are no laws. There's no rules. Yeah. It's Rebecca's world. Don't say that in front in of Dane. He will shit himself. But yeah. there, there are no the rules. Rules are gone. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't even know what to expect. From the next few books. I read the second one. Like I said, it's phenomenal. I am so excited to talk about it. Ooh, me too. Um, on our next full-length episode. But Rebecca, I don't know. She hasn't even <clears throat> started writing some of these books. She said she hasn't even mapped it all the way out yet. So. Okay. We're all just flying by the seat of our pants here. Yeah. She. <laughs> wow. Okay. I love that. We do have just a couple little discussion points. So. Um, we talked about like the Gallic pronunciation situation. So this was originally, I well, I don't know if this is the first person to point it out on TikTok, but someone who happened to get pretty popular from pointing this out. I have no idea how to pronounce her her username. No, we probably should have listened to that video. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not sure if she ever pronounces that, but um, if I'll you just it. search, yeah, I'll, I'll spell it for you. So it's at C E A R T. G-U-L-E-A-B-H-A-R. But if you just search like fourth wing pronunciation, she'll pop up for you. She's got a little playlist uh, about this and just some some quick ones that for sure are rooted in true Scottish Gaelic that have an actual pronunciation are Tarn, Amisher, Chinye, which is the one that they call tiny. Tiny, which is absolutely absurd. That's absurd. And Basquiat, um, as in the city, not Basquiat. So, yeah, so those do have like actual legitimate pronunciations. And there were some other dragons, but we haven't met them yet. So yeah, or we either haven't met them, or I just I just kind of focused on the. I don't know. I didn't watch all of them, but you get it. Like there, some of them are real words, and they should be pronounced correctly. And some of them are actually made up by the author and can be pronounced how she wishes. Yeah, so I mean, it's like, it was kind of a big deal, you know, with the mispronunciations. And 
I just, I really feel like it's so important for authors to do their research. Mm -hmm. Um, It just comes off as very unknowledgeable, very um, insensitive. Insensitive is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because if you're going to take parts of a culture, you really need to make sure it's correct. Yeah. Because you're, you're basically using it to enrich your story. And that can be done in a very respectful way, but part of that respect is actually doing your research, maybe involving someone who speaks Gaelic to help you. Um, and I yeah. think I think she learned that like through this. I I'm fairly certain that she's she has apologized. And... Yeah, I thought so. I wasn't one hundred percent sure. But Hopefully, I mean, everyone I... who was actually who the apology was for um, appreciates that. Appreciates it, yeah. It wasn't but, really for you us. know, just like in the future, it's like a simple Google search away, like yeah. on like pronunciations, or even just putting like a pronunciation key or something like that in there. Mm-hmm. Like it's that easy. And um, I appreciate that as a reader, even if you're fully making up your words for I your would book. I so love a pronunciation please. key. Please, yeah, tell me how to do it. Tell me how to say it. Um, my question was, what do you think made this book such a phenomenon to readers? Like what made it so special? That is a great question. And I have a few theories because of course there have been some very um, mainstream popular uh, romanticy series like over the past, you know, few years, past decade. And I think that's amazing. I love this genre in general. Um, but what I think set this one apart is some of the things that we mentioned that we loved about it is kind of the for one like we're we're talking about like bonding with dragons and stuff which is less common i would say in this genre like usually um the genres tend to lean towards like fae or you know like that kind of thing which i still love i am not judging yeah but i think that made this one kind of fresh the other things that i think made it really cool are it's not like a 19-year-old girl. I was and, literally about to say that. And a 500-year-old <laughs> ancient yes, fae. That was one of my it's, points. They're all no, they're all young. They're all young and dumb and in this war college yeah. just fighting for their lives it's together. Children in war. Yeah. Which is I mean it's fucked up, but it's it's cool in not cool it's not cool to have children in war you know what i'm saying it's, it's different cool in the way that yes it's different um from other things that we've read and the other thing that i love is just her commitment to the bit like killing people left and yeah. right doesn't matter if you're attached to them or not this is where people gonna die get them out of here um i think those are some of the things that really people enjoyed about this one and it kind of took off for those reasons I will say you know kind of on the flip side of this too and I I feel like it's been um something that a lot of like smaller writers may have been battling quite a bit as they try to like publish their pieces um with you know the development of like book talk and tiktok being more popular um I do know like a lot of influencers do post about books like this, but it really does just take one influencer to kind of spark interest, especially if it's someone who has, you know, a large following. And so I do know a lot of people that don't 
care for this book and they think it's really overhyped. And um, mm-hmm. I disagree with them. I think it's a very good book, but yeah. um, I can also see how, like, if the right person hadn't posted it, maybe it would not have been as popular yeah. as what it is now. That's a good point um, because there have to be so many books out there that are exactly just as good, but they just aren't, aren't not receiving the, right the spotlight. Audience. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. And so this just happens to be for me because I, I also think this is a very good book. I think it's it was a good one to catch the spotlight and be shared with a lot of people because um, obviously a lot of people enjoy it. A lot of people think yeah. it's good. So I am also just really excited to see, you know, the good that book talk can do for books. I've, I feel like sometimes maybe not good pieces are overhyped and yeah, you kind of have to happens. sift through it. But I do think with the trend we're seeing, like we are going to start getting really, really awesome books that may have been overlooked before that are going to yeah. be given a chance. So yes, I think that's cool. I love going and just looking through people's book talk posts and looking for recommendations because there also is going to be, well, some of them, yes, are going to be recommended by Lots of people because they're yeah. super popular. There are some like kind of niche books you can find you on there. You have to it's find like, really niche oh, groups yeah. on there. Like I found this book. It's amazing. Not many people have reviewed it yes. because it's not super popular, but I promise you it's so good. And so I just think like word of mouth is so important. And well, really- and that's, you know, something I was really, really excited to do too with like Aurora's book, for example, like mm-hmm. it's brand new. She... Yeah previously was an independent author and I hope that's one of the books that really catch on because it yes, was really, really good it was and you know it's just stuff like this that what the one right person has to listen to it and all of a sudden it's you know huge yeah if um, any of y'all listening to this have like a really big following you should just hype every book you that you ever really enjoy. need to hype up Aurora's <laughs> book thank you yes um, um which comes out on January 9th by the way. How exciting. Uh, how exciting. Um, but yeah, no, and like, that was really it. Like, just especially too, like you said, with like the niche groups, like monster romance became really, really popular, but there was already a huge mm-hmm. following of people who were probably really, really excited to yes. share some of their favorite books. because Especially because finally- that was kind of considered like not as popular of a genre. Like, oh, a little it was like very taboo. like taboo. Yes. Yeah. So they were like, oh my God. We told you, everyone, it was like, good. it's really like, good. Um, yeah, like, so glad you joined us. But that's the other amazing thing is I think that the community in general is, is just excited to share the things they love with everyone. And is is it's not um, gape kitty, gape, gate kitty, It's not that either. Um, it's neither of those things. But <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really nice. That it's like, Everyone in the community just wants people to read good, enjoyable things and appreciate art. And I love that. Yeah, well, that wraps up Fourth Wing next week. We're going to be doing a little fan cast. I love fan casting. Of our Fourth Wing characters. And I will say... That was probably one of the hardest things we've ever had to do. It's hard. I know we say it's hard every time, but this one, like, this one was truly hard. (laughs) Yeah. And you better appreciate the work and dedication we put into these fan casts. <laughs> and don't yell at us Damn if you don't it. like it. 
we don't agree with some of them either. Yeah, yeah, you're probably so right. Some of them were are the wrong choice, but it's hard. Yeah, okay, we worked with what we were given. Yeah. Um, the week after that, we will be covering the second book in this series, Iron Flame by Rebecca Yay! Yaros. So, so exciting. Yeah, I can't wait to read it. Like I said, I haven't yet. So join me in reading that. We'll talk to you next time. And as always, let's get lit. Let's get lit.